to Knives Out Minute. I'm your host for this week, Gina Radcliffe, and back again is Robert Black. Robert, how are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good? All right, <laughs> I'll take that. I'll accept that. Um, we are at Minute 84. Uh, if you are hoping that the the action returns to Benoit Blanc, you're in luck, because uh, he is pretty much predominantly just it's just him talking, it's him talking during yep. scene. almost entirely him talking to to grandma who at, at least at this point may or may not be aware that he's there she, <laughs> she she's kind of in her own little grandma world um robert uh do you have any thoughts on this scene um well, i would like to say the big uh sort of disappointment for me was this opening there's right at the beginning of this there's a shot of marta with those birds that are by the window and yes. for the longest time, I was trying to figure out what kind of birds they were. I'm looking up, figure, I'm like, how do you Google birds? I'm like, green <laughs> head, red wings. And I never conclusively figured out what they're supposed to be because they have these long, weird tails. And I was sure they're close up because they mean something. And I'm like, no, I can't find it. And, 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 and it's not it's not like you can Google, you know, you know knives out birds. Well, right. <laughs> and I found a website where it's like how to look up birds. And it's like what color is their head? I put it in and like, what color is this? And then that's all it had. I'm like, no, I need to, I need more. <laughs> <laughs> that's not enough to work Cause these with. also have these long feathery tails. Like, and, uh, I don't know, but they're close up next to her in the, in the window. And I'm like, I'm sure they're there for a reason. It's like, this is significant. Yeah. And if, and if I could identify birds, I would know, I would understand what it meant. Right. It's like, this tells the whole story. If you know what those birds are, you know everything. Exactly. That that's the you that solves the whole mystery right there. You could you could just you know stop the movie. And, you know, I figured it out because like, of these birds. And, but then I'm like, oh, and maybe the opera music matters. And I'm like, it only matters slightly. It's a, uh, it's uh, uh Force Louis from La Traviata. And it said the CD player says it's nine seconds into track eight, which I'm pretty sure is incorrect for the song that's playing. <laughs> I I will take your word for it. Cause, well, because this is the recording, and I compared them it, of Anna Netrebko singing. I'm pretty sure, which is a specific recording that's two discs, and this is not nine like track eight. But notably, the story is about a courtesan, so like lower class who is used by upper-class people until someone actually cares about her. And so ah. it's like comparing the character to Marta, sort of. I, I like that. Very, very, very clever. You're, you're clever, and Ryan Johnson's very clever. Yeah. I, meanwhile, I'm sitting here thinking, how did Grandma operate the CD player? <laughs> <laughs> when no one's watching, she is fine. Because she's like, you know, a billion years old. We, we've established <laughs> this already. She's got a remote um, in her hand. She's ready. Yeah, that's a problem. I, I guess you could be taught how to. I mean, CD technology, CD player technology has been around for like, you know, 35, 40 or, years. Or she someone probably... wheeled her into the room and just press play on whatever was in there. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it. it could be, could be La Traviata. It could be Insane Clown Posse. We don't right. know. She, 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 she has very wide tastes because she doesn't have a choice. Yes. 
Exactly. So yeah, you know, Benoit Blanc is trying to appeal to her her sympathies, you know, by saying that you're talking about grief yeah. and and it sounds very phony and very forced. And again, she's just sort of staring at him like I don't even know who you are, or what you're doing here. <laughs> like she just she just got that kind of like blank old person stare where they don't even know what day it is. Yeah. I I'd yeah. like I like what he has to say, but yeah, it does seem like it seems like he's saying exactly what he thinks will get him closer to her. Right, 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 right. I At mean, the I same feel- time that with his especially with his accent, it feels like he means it. Yeah, there's a little bit of sincerity to it there, but I also think he thinks this is going to to unlock something in her. Right. And, and to be honest with you, I don't even know that she knows this, that she knows that Harlan's dead. <laughs> it's just like he's talking about grief and and mourning, and she's just like, mm, all right, sure. <laughs> and it's just it's just it's just so fun, and and the lighting in this scene, it's like a Merchant Ivory movie. It's so <laughs> dramatic and shadowy, yeah. and and. You know, it looks like a room. It looks like you know the room a grieving person would be sitting in, just listening to sad opera music. Yeah, this is a sitting room, right? With right, rich right. So you, in olden days, you know, Harlan's you you body probably would have been laid out there, you know, for <laughs> for for people to you know pay their respects to it. Um, it's just a very dreary looking room. You 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 shot. You, you in darkness and 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 she just like but she doesn't yeah she's just like in her own little world and i love that he blanc starts the scene at the other side of the room like away from her and he's talking and talking as he walks over and he's just gonna sit across from her and it's like you didn't have to be he's it's like he's playing with her but i don't know i don't know why <laughs> He's just sort of like closing. It's the in only on way her. he can talk to anybody. Even like hitting the piano keys in his in, in his first scene, it's like he he's constantly manipulating people, even when he doesn't have to. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Which is a fun character, um, but it's oh yeah, it's it's a it's an extraordinary character. And and if you had asked me, you know, a couple of years ago, could you imagine Daniel Craig playing this sort of you smart yet also kind of bumbling southern detective i'd be like no <laughs> <laughs> you're talking james bond here yeah like, i i didn't i haven't seen um uh the the steven soderbergh movie he did um where he apparently had a somewhat similar accent in it um similar to this but, what's that similar to this accent yeah, he had like huh. a southern, like a really thick southern accent. Um, I always forget the damn name of the thing. It's, it's with Channing, uh, Adam Driver is in it. Do you know what we were talking about? I am not thinking of anything. Suddenly I can't picture Daniel Craig in anything but James Bond movies. Let's see. Well, I'm gonna, Logan I'm Lucky? Gonna have... no. Logan Lucky, thank you. I, I For some reason... I keep I thinking forgot he was in that. So apparently, I, I can't. I keep thinking his name. The name of the movie is Fast Freddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I don't like Fast Freddy. Logan Lucky. Okay, I like but Logan Lucky, but I don't remember his accent at all. I, I, he had like this very thick, comical Southern accent, in it. and and. Mm. and and I guess he's like, okay, this is what I'm going to do now with my acting career. I'm just going to play these like well, unlikely Southerners. You bring on like a voice coach that just stays with you all the time, and then you do a few movies in that region. That exactly. Accent, then move on to exactly, another one. exactly. 
Um, okay, so we need to touch a little bit on what we think of Ryan Johnson as a filmmaker in general. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, I would assume that most people who are doing this podcast would say that their favorite movie of his is Knives Out. Uh, would that be for, would that be the case for you? Um, I haven't watched it in a while, but I think it might be Looper. Okay. Because I like time travel movies a lot. Like, time loops are my thing. And so that one works for me. But he, I, lo- I mean, I love Brick as well. I like The Last Jedi. and he, He's good at convoluted plot. Yes. Presented neatly. He, he's good at convoluted plot that does not make the audience feel stupid. Right. Uh, I, I think that he, particularly in Knives Out, he he is not toying with the audience's intelligence. Um, no. A, a, lot, a lot of filmmakers, I feel, um, tend to look down a little bit on their audience. Um, I, I, for me, I think a filmmaker that I would say as an example of this would be Michael Bay. Mm, I think yeah. that his he thinks that his audience is pretty dumb. Um, and well, is not expecting and well, yeah. by in practice his audience I think is kind of dumb because that's how he makes his movies yeah it's like yeah, a self-fulfilling he, he, prophecy right like they're not they're not particularly deep you know you, you have to have you know something blowing up every few minutes um, you know, I mean he what he does he does it well but I, I think that there is not a lot of respect for audience expectations and intelligence. Whereas for Ryan Johnson, I think that he is writing for, it may be an audience he would like to have. Yeah. Um, he's writing for a, a, a smart, a perceptive audience. audience. Even The Last you know, Jedi, he's trying to right. change our perspective on Star Wars while giving us beats from Empire Strikes Back and beats from Return of the Jedi and giving us that thing we expect while trying to force us into a new direction, which didn't quite work for the audience. But I, I mean, I liked it. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was, I, I thought it was the best of the, of the even though the, movies. the actual central plot of like their, the ch- slow chase is weird for a star Wars. It, it works. I mean, I think it had some marvelous visuals. Uh, I really liked uh, Laura Dern sort of, flying the ship mm-hmm. into the other ship. That, yeah. that was pretty amazing. Uh, I, I think for just general filmmaking ability, though, I, I do like Knives Out the best. Because, again, I he was writing it with the... It feels like he was writing it with the hope and expectation that the audience would be trying to figure this out as they go along. Right. And that he didn't have to spell everything out and, like big you know, easy to read letters you know as to you know who actually did it what happened why yeah. they did it etc well, etc that's, that's the thing i i forgot to mention when we were talking about murder mysteries generally in the previous episode is i wish i could write one. Oh yeah 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 but i i can't because that's i don't think of a story that way and you either have to make it up as you go and trust yourself or you have to work backward and you basically structure the entire thing and I hate outlining. And so it's like I I could never do that. I want to and I Yeah, you really have to like have one of those like, you know, serial killer boards where you have all the threads and like you know, and I, I can see how easy it would be to sort of get tangled up in your own artifice as it mm-hmm. were. And and then in the end it doesn't really make much sense. 
Like I'm about to, well, planning to run a D&D campaign coming up that is overall a mystery. And I'm like, where do I put clues? Like, I know what happened. How do, the, how do I let the players figure that out? And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not easy. I, I think of uh, murder mysteries and, and horror comedy as two of the genres of movies that are the hardest to do. Um, well, to do well. Because, to do well, yeah. Um, you know, horror comedy, you have to be mindful of tonal shifts. Um, you know, a lot of movies don't handle that well. And murder mysteries, you, you, you have to not assume that you're smarter than the audience. Right. So, you know, you, you can't just drop something on them that doesn't make any sense or doesn't really, you know... Uh, weave its way back to to you know earlier scenes in the movie it, it all has to come together and make sense yeah. in, in in some certain way now again there are a few things and we'll get to that in the next episode when we're, when we're able to talk about spoilers there are a couple things that are a little silly and, and, and a little <laughs> pushing it a little bit but but you know it so much of it does work that i'm like you know what that's fine that's that's fine i accept that yeah um this is going to be a short episode, but do you have anything more you want to say about this particular scene? No, and the scene's still going, so it's like... It's still coming. <laughs> i got to save some of Great Nana and... I mean, well, there's not much to her either. I mean, she doesn't, still doesn't say anything. She's just she's just staring. Yeah. Well, I think in the just whole movie staring. she says, what, like three lines? She says, she says, Ransom, is that yeah. you? Yeah. I think that's I think And that's Ransom, about is it. that... Are you back again? Yes, already. that's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because she apparently recognizes no one but Ransom. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. He's the only one we're talking about. Well, yes, that's that's true. Uh, okay, do you have anything you want to mention? Uh, anything that you, uh, uh, you know, if you don't want to follow you on social media, as horrifying as that might be? Uh, well, lately I haven't been doing much on social media. Well, no, if you follow me on Instagram, I've been making things lately. You're you're a smart person. Uh, so Robert E. G. Black, you'll find me on any social media pretty much, but on Instagram I paint minis and make weird things sometimes. Cool. Yeah, I I, I find that Instagram more often than not lately has just been so much better for my emotional well being than, than Twitter or Facebook. Right. Yeah, I'm just gonna look at some, you know, pretty paintings or some embroidery or something like that. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna sit here and look at this for like an hour. Just skimming, skimming. Ah, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just, it just washes away the stench of Twitter. Yeah. Nice. Speaking of Twitter, uh, you can find this podcast there. It's uh, at Knives Out Minute. Uh, you could also, I haven't mentioned this up to this point, and my producer's probably going to be very unhappy with me, but you can also rate and review us on iTunes or the, uh, the podcatcher of your choice. Uh, we are found there under Knives Out Minute. Uh, we are going to be wrapping up this week uh, with our last episode coming tomorrow, where we will be talking about Minute 85. Uh, we will, I will warn you now that if you have not watched Knives Out, and I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you haven't, <laughs> um, but that is going to be very spoiler heavy. So uh, maybe stop listening to this right now and watch that and then come back to us tomorrow. Um, I'm Gina Ratcliffe, and with me has been Robin Black.